Corn live stream. I'm Bobby Burton, joined tonight by Blake Monroe and Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to talk a little football, a little recruiting, a little basketball. Uh, we've got it all tonight. We're also going to take your questions uh, as well as uh, reveal some information uh, from one of our uh, latest poll questions we asked all readers to uh, uh, give us their opinion of. Uh, but let's uh, get straight to this. I'm going to let Blake Monroe uh, be the MC tonight, and he's going to be the one uh, playing referee and getting everybody questions in and out. I do want to do the first one, though, and this is the, this is from Joel McWaters. Uh, Jerry and Blake, seeing as Sark does, didn't have a quick trigger finger on yours last season, does it change this season at all, given the talent of the backup, P.S. I want yours to play lights out. Jerry, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't think any, I don't think anything changes. I think he's going to be a better player year one to year two. Um, I think Texas is going to be a better team. Uh, maybe not running the ball, but overall, I think they're going to be a better football team. Uh, I think it's going to be a more confident quarterback, a healthier quarterback, hopefully, um, with more weapons to throw to receivers that bail him out sometimes and he doesn't always have to make the perfect throw so I just I, I say no I, I think Sarkeesian coming out and saying this is our starting quarterback after the spring was pretty significant yeah Blake I, I felt like last year uh, he didn't have a quick trigger finger with yours no. uh, especially could have given that uh, Hudson card had had some uh, moderate success uh, at quarterback uh, but uh, Sarkeesian did, deciding to stick with yours all the way through I thought it paid dividends late in the year when he had the really good game against Kansas State and then came out uh, and played well against uh, against Washington, I guess. But uh, really, just uh, he's learning learned to be a quarterback as much as anything. Uh, and so I, I don't feel like Sark's all of a sudden going to get a quick trigger finger with his quarterbacks. It's not something that he's done. No, I agree with you completely on that one. I, I don't see it changing – at all. And like Jerry said, it's going to be better quarterback, more experienced quarterback. And so I don't, I don't think it changes at all. All right. I want to get to a bunch of questions uh, tonight. It's going to be mostly Q and a uh, Blake's going to lead us through that. But before we do that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. It's energy, Texas. Energy, Texas is for Texans by Texans. If you're looking for a power provider, uh, check out energytexas.com. You are dealing with a company from Texas, not back East, not overseas. You call them, you get someone in Texas. That's energytexas.com or call them 855-461-1129. Make sure you give them a chance uh, to take uh, to earn your business. All right, let's get it going, guys. I, I think this is, a, this is a good one to start with. Blake, you go for it. All right, so uh, Brazar10 asks, yo, what's up with Sam's RPM? It's talking about Sam Spiegelman putting in an RPM for Kobe Black. Um, last yesterday or today when uh, Justin Wells and I posted a recruiting roundup, we both are saying that we feel like Texas leads for Kobe Black. Um, you know, so I'm not surprised when somebody puts in an RPM. I will say there's a long way to go in the recruitment. Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, all in it. LSU is going to be in it for Kobe Black. But look, I think, I think that one's one that's been trending to Texas uh, uh, for a while. Um, you know, a few, few weeks ago, I'd heard A&M was right there with Texas. Um, but let's see all the June official visits. Uh, you know, this stuff is, um, it's always fluid when we put in these RPMs. I think people know that right now and it, that anybody that's followed this, this stuff can change, but I think Texas is in a good spot 
for Kobe Black entering the June official visits, which is going to be the deciding factor. Hey, Jerry, what about the, the Corian Gibson one, too, the young man from Lancaster? I think he maybe upped his a little bit. I I, I, I was I think I was at, I'm at seventy percent on that. I didn't even have time to look today. I was on the move. Um, look, we again, you know, Justin and I talked about that one. It, the, the fact that all the Clemson talk happened and he didn't commit after either one of those visits is really good news for Texas. He's going to visit Clemson, I believe, June second through fourth, which is Clemson's big weekend. Dabo goes for the close early. If he can't get you shut down now or that after that first weekend in June, and you go on making the visits, he doesn't tend to win as many of those battles. He gets a lot of guys early. He's like the modern-day Mac Brown with a better plan for recruiting the best players, I would say, over time. Um, so if he can't get Gibson in the boat, he couldn't thus far in April. If he can't after that June 2nd, 4th weekend, I think things look pretty good for Texas. Got it. Blake, uh, let's let's go on to basketball and talk a little bit about Max Abnis, guys. Yeah, Jonathan Tietzel asks, hey, y'all, any news on Max Abnis and the rest of the basketball portal? Jerry? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Abnis may, may not. I, we're, I keep hearing he's going to make the Wichita State visit. I was told from somebody in Dallas that even Baylor was trying to get him on campus. I think, you know, look, I – I still think Texas or Kansas State's going to be the choice for Admus. We'll see. Um, he's a kid who was not recruited out of high school. Now he's getting recruited. And that's always an interesting scenario for these kids because they, even though you're mature and you're a really good player, you didn't go through this the first time. You 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 went to Oral Roberts as a not highly ranked, not highly recruited player. And now you got people knocking down your door. Um, and especially in the NIL world, there's not really a big reason to rush these decisions sometimes. So I think Texas is still in a good spot. I think Kansas State's right there. Um, that's going to be a battle royale. Um, I'm interested to see if he actually makes the Wichita State visit or if he actually decides even to keep this thing going a week and go see Baylor too. Doesn't Baylor doesn't make sense. They got four or five guards. But uh, that's the deal on Abmus. Somebody also asked about uh, Weaver, the kid out of UTA, the guard who just entered the portal. Um, he is, I think, a big time guy. I think he's, I, I loved him coming out of Mansfield Timberview last year. He's a whack freshman or rookie of the year. Um, 6'3 guard, really athletic, very similar to Jabari Rice in his toughness, winner, leadership. Um, so Texas is going to see Weaver tomorrow. Texas Tech is in tonight. Um, Texas AM is in tomorrow, and then Texas comes in tomorrow. His sister did play basketball at AM, she's in the WNBA, she's a first round pick. I don't think that's a deal breaker uh, either way. You know, I don't think that's going to cause the kid to go to Texas A&M. He's going to make the best decision for himself. I think what Texas has going for it uh, on, on Shandell uh, Weaver is uh, Texas Tech and A&M play much slower pace than Texas does. Just something to remember there. We'll see how it all works out. But those would be two big-time guards. Texas still looking at the UTEP transfer, who Rodney Terry recruited the UTEP. Big man, 6'8", 240, really athletic, long-arm kid. Um, and, and there's a couple other guards that they're doing their due diligence on. Texas got some, still has some work to do. They need to get Admus in the boat. They need to win that recruitment and add one more big. Uh, get Tyrese Hunter back. The door's not shut on Dylan Mitchell. I still think that's a long shot, but the door's not shut. At one point in time, it was shut. He was not coming back to Texas. I don't think that door's shut right now. If Texas were to get another big, 
before Dylan does something, maybe that shuts the door off to see. All right. So next question here is from uh, Ashton Holloman, and he wants to know, what does everyone think about all the players transferring out of Colorado after their spring game? And, man, there's been a ton of them. 50-plus, I think, right? Uh, not just since the spring game, but overall. Um, Dion's uh, doing it Dion's way. I'm not so sure that that's the best way, though. Uh, Dion has not, not been the head coach at a major Power 5 school before. You might be able to do this in the SWAC, um, where you can play with younger players and perhaps get by a little bit if you have one or two uh, studs. Uh, I'm not so sure you can do that at Colorado. Uh, I am not a fan of what he's doing, although, you know, I think they're in it for the long haul at Colorado, uh, and I think that matters a little bit. You know what confuses me about it is there's just not much time in the portal window to get those players, to get players back. And there's not as many guys jumping in the portal as there were in December. So my question is, how are you really going to fill out your roster in this short amount of time? I mean, that's, I guess, my question is, if it was in December, I would say, okay, you have the December, January window, then you have the spring window to fill out your roster. I mean, I I don't know if he has time to fill out a roster, Bobby, Blake. <laughs> I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I just what's he like, going to do? I mean, just take, the timing of this. Is he going to go to Independence Community College and try to take those guys? I mean, <laughs> maybe. I, you know, there, there's that's just a lot of guys that got to get on board and get going. And I, I just look. Uh, it's one thing to do it your way, and it's another way to buck convention entirely, right? And uh, I think that's what's happening here. I think the folks in Colorado seem to be bought off on the the the, the tactic. Uh, so good for Dion for doing the good sales job. And hey, they just sold out their stadium for the first time in years, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, what does that matter if you? Doesn't you're matter. Nine. It doesn't I mean, matter if you lose to Colorado State to open the tenure. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, and by by twenty. Right. I mean, not you know. I, I had a Pac-12 assistant coach predict that Colorado State will beat them. Well, they, they thought they like half the time anyways. He thought Colorado looked terrible in the spring game. Well, let me ask both of you this, too. Something that I haven't seen mentioned is, you know, obviously these kids are leaving on their own accord, but, you know, Dion's pushing some of them out. Does that alienate the high school coaches that are the coaches of these kids at some of these big-time programs? Maybe, but not, not a lot. And I, the reason I say that, Blake, is Colorado does not rely heavily on in-state prospects. Maybe a quarter of their class is from Colorado, typically. Uh, so with out-of-state schools, they just don't carry the stain uh, with them that an in-state school would if they uh, kind of ushered a guy out of a program. Uh, Jerry, you agree with that, right? Yeah, Maybe I agree with that. I, you know, I think the, I just think high school coaches don't really control it anymore is the problem. I mean, it's just not – maybe in Louisiana. I mean, maybe a couple of select places, Alabama – I think the interesting thing with, with Dion is they are really trying to recruit the Southeast region. I, I'm very interested to see how that goes. And, and look, I think Dion's going to get good players. Um, I don't know if he's going to have enough to field the team this year, but I think he's going to get good players over time. But, man, it's a tough, tough task to go into Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina. And at the end of the day, get kids to sign at Colorado. You saw the Jawan Johnson kid from Lafayette Christian Academy decommitted 
Um, and when I was through there a few weeks ago, I said, are you still open? He looked at me like I was crazy. So of course I'm still open. I was like, okay, this kid's not going to Colorado. He did it for the notoriety in a way. So he's going to end up at Florida or LSU. So can you really beat those schools on enough kids recruiting that area? I think Colorado is going to have to head West. And I don't know if there's enough players there. That's the problem. They're not going to be one or two. No. You, you know what I mean? They're not going to be one or two in that category. All right. I, I want to go to our, uh, our uh, poll question from this week, uh, Matt, our producer, if you'll pull that up a little bit. Uh, and I want to see what you guys thought. I, I asked uh, the community, uh, who did y'all think would be the most impressive true freshman on offense in 2023? Uh, I I want to ask you guys what y'all thought. I know you see the, the answer here. Most people went with Jontae Cook over Sed Baxter, DeAndre Moore, and Arch Manning. Uh, Blake, what did you think? Jerry, what did you think? I, I agree with the majority there. Uh, John T. Cook, that, that would be my pick out of those four, just because they're going to give him the ball. You know, they're going to feed him the ball a little bit through the air. And uh, he's just too electrifying to not. And so I, I agree with that. Jerry. I'm actually going to go with Baxter, but I think it's close. And I think they both have the same thing going for him in that they're coming off the bench. So when they come in, if they're going to get starters, those guys are tired. If they're going to get second team guys, I think over most guys are going to have an advantage. The only reason I'm going with Baxter is, I mean, we know what Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, those guys can do. We think Jonathan Brooks is really good, but he's never had to be sustainable good. And I think that's kind of going to be the question. And I think Baxter is going to be – I think the Baxter people saw in the spring game is going to look totally different when he actually has some running lanes, and I think he's really good in the passing game. Uh, so I'm going to go with Baxter slightly. Guys, I'm going to surprise y'all. I was one of the 5%. I went with DeAndre Moore. I, I like that pick. And, and the reason I did is because I, I feel like, first of all, Jordan Whittington, last year was only year healthy. Knock on wood. It's a great like I'm, I, I get it. Please trust me. I'm as superstitious as they come. Uh, but I just feel like he's sneaky kind of good. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a guy that that makes some plays for the Longhorns in, in key positions, and key spots. Because I know people saw him drop the ball in the breadbasket uh, in the spring game, Jerry. But the word from practices and were just they loved his competitive nature. They loved how clean his hands were. Yeah, uh, And so – I'm going to go more from what I heard behind the scenes, maybe, uh, than what we saw on that spring game. All right, Matt, thanks for putting that up up for us, bud, uh, our producer, Matt. Uh, the comments please. are hilarious. The comments are hilarious on Dion and Tim Brewster and everything. <laughs> you guys are doing a great job, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. Well, I, I, I big Tim Brewster fan. You know that. Yeah, uh, Jerry, too. going back to his time. Uh, recruiting one Vincent Paul Young out of Houston, Madison. Uh, and as Rod Babers. Yep. Rod was at, at Lamar, uh, I think a year after, a year, a year before, yep. something like that. I can't remember. All right, let's go, Jerry. You're, you're, this one's for you, Blake and Jerry. All right, Cade Roman asks, I saw that you were at Clear Springs High School today, Jerry. Is it true that LSU and A&M are in a better spot for Blake Ivy right now? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the reason that is true, one he's I, I, one thing I learned, and this is why we go to schools, right, is he, he's got a lot of family in Louisiana that either went to LSU, LSU fans, 
Um, he's got a lot of family ties to LSU. Brad Davis coming after him big time in LSU. He's an interesting kid. And I think AM Adazio was there. I think people are picking AM right now. I think it's really close. I could see him going to LSU. I could see him going to AM. The key with Texas is they haven't set the official visit yet. I mean, the reality is Texas has five guys scheduled for official visits in June right now. And two of those guys are at the positions. Uh, that Texas likes Blake Ivy at, and that's Daniel Cruz at center, and that's Makai Syene at guard, and then you have a swing guy like Nair Daniels who's a tackle or guard at the next level. I mean, it, it's almost just a numbers game, and Texas really likes Ivy. Kyle Flood was at the school yesterday. He's a kid who's come on. He was 262 maybe when I saw him in September. He's 280 now. I think he tried to get too lean. He's 280, 6'3 with about an 82-inch wingspan. He's a guard center guy. I think he's a really good player. This is just where it comes down to, you know, look, Texas is in on Daniel Calhoun, Brandon, Brandon Baker. Uh, Flood was out at, uh, in Santa Ana today seeing Brandon Baker, DeAndre Carter. I mean, it's just almost a numbers game right now. But I think LSU is in a sneaky position there if he leaves the state. Yeah. I Look, the question I have is where is he at on Texas's board? That, that's what I said. I mean, they haven't scheduled him for an official. He's probably, you know, seven, eight, nine in that range. Really good player. He's just not the top five guy that has had the June 23rd, 5th visit set up. Got it. All right, guys, get your questions in. If you have questions, it's a recruiting team uh, portal. We're going to take a couple of those. We got a couple of those questions lined up. Uh, get them in and we'll get them going. Uh, and we appreciate you guys joining us in the, each and every Tuesday night. Uh, Jerry and uh, Blake have, have been uh, there with us this whole way. How about this one, guys? Uh, Blake, what do you think? Why did o Ovio Gofu transfer? I I think that he just wanted to go fight. I think he wants to go get go to graduate school, probably. He was told he was going to the SEC, and damn it, he's going to the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I something tells me that's not necessarily what. No. I mean, look. Uh, Ovi is a, gave gave a lot to the University of Texas, yeah. so I do not want to. I'm not into this stuff to try to down talk people, but I don't think Texas coaches were necessarily sad to see that happen because they need uh, some young guys to get some get ready, right? And uh, whether it's Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke, uh, whomever uh, will take the, the role next year, I think it was time for them to move on and maybe get something more from a pass rush perspective out of that uh, position. I, I, by, the, by the way, I think it's kind of, in the day and age of the portal, I think it's kind of cool that Ovi's going to play for Brian Kelly again. You don't see that very often, right? <laughs> I think that's actually pretty cool. I mean, he's going to end his career with Brian Kelly, so that means he had a good relationship with Brian Kelly. Maybe the fit didn't work out like he thought, but that's still a mutual respect to go back and play for the head coach you started playing under and then transfer. It's not, does, that doesn't happen in the portal. <laughs> At all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Thoughts on uh, Justin Yarbrough. We appreciate it uh, for the super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, that helps us. That, that buys us all a beer, I think. <laughs> or maybe a, maybe we split a six-pack and I just send two, two to each of you guys. Uh, thoughts on Brennan Thompson transferring to OU? I actually think he fits their offense. And with the transfer portal, will this be normal for players to go to rival schools? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it'll be normal to go to Texas OU or OU to Texas, Texas to A&M, A&M to Texas, at least not in football. Basketball, maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, up and down there. Uh, but football, it's very odd. Uh, 
you know, this is what I know from speaking with uh, Brennan's mom uh, in person late last week. And uh, she's, she, she gets a lot of grief on Twitter from fans, Texas fans. And some of it is because she's just, she's a mom. I mean, this is, this is her pride and joy. Right. Uh, and so she's sticking up for him and uh, speaking her truth. But I think what's important here is that Brennan actually was thinking about just running track at Texas and not running, not playing football next year at all and concentrating on, on track one more year. That wasn't going to be possible at Texas. What's going to happen at OU? I don't quite know. No, I did not get into that with her. Uh, at that point in time, Brennan hadn't decided where he was going to end up uh, going to school next. Uh, but does he fit there? I mean, somewhat, but, you know, it's going to be a, a situation not unlike where it was at Texas. He's going to have to find his way on the field. There's going to be some receivers in front of him. Uh, he's got some work to do. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly wish the young man be the best, except when he plays the Longhorns. Hey, by the way, anybody that's worried about his mom and the people that are mean to her on Twitter, she's a, she's a former college track athlete. Now she's a tough lady. She'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's not, hey, she, she could run back in the day. She was like a state qualifier in the hundred meters. She'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he gets it from, huh? Yeah. That's where he gets his speed. All right, let's go here. Thank you, Justin, for that. Uh, Padden Ross, any news on portal tar targets in football? Guys, I'm going to take this one. Uh, as of right now, no. Uh, there have been some guys uh, enter the portal as late as today. Um, I don't have today's information, to be fair. I have yesterday's information. As of yesterday, there was nothing new going on. Uh, but today, there's new guys. Someone's, people are mentioning a defensive end, an edge out of James Madison, same uh, school as Diamante Tucker-Dorsey. Uh, so there could be some uh, interest there. We're not there yet from a reporting standpoint. Uh, bigger piece on my end, and Jerry and Blake know this, as of right now, I don't know anybody that is for sure entering the portal for the Longhorns. Um, and that, I, I tell you what, you look at Colorado or some of these other places that are losing guys. I mean, Notre Dame loses a quarterback today. Uh, right? You know what I mean? And going to go be with Tommy Reese, it looks like, at Alabama. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's a bigger win than maybe people will recognize or appreciate because there's a, there's a window right now uh, that could really hurt major programs or any program, uh, for that matter, uh, Texas uh, among those. So we'll have to wait and see how this goes the next uh, five, six days. Jerry uh, from E. Kim, how is Texas looking for 2024 edges? Let's start with Colin Simmons, young man out of Duncanville. Yeah, this is a tough one right now. I can't sit. I I can't sit here on this show and say Texas looks great for any of these guys. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Um, I'm not going to blow that smoke. I mean, I, Texas has work to do at that position. Colin Simmons was at LSU for the spring game. Uh, it's another trip to LSU, right? I mean, um, it. it that's that look nil is going to be a huge factor in this recruitment he's a five-star kid he's one of the top edge guys in the country and lsu and georgia bama they would like nothing more than to go to duncanville high school and rip that guy from steve sarkeesian in the texas uh, texas and texas a and m uh so texas i think is right is is second with lsu i think georgia's in it he's been to georgia i think alabama's hanging around i'm I don't, not sure they're the pick i think he was at florida a couple of weeks ago and 
look, Florida's really trying to recruit Texas hard. He was down there with DJ Lagway um, and Xavier Filsamy, the safety out of uh, McKinney that committed to Florida, who's originally from Florida. So he's been on that campus a couple of times and uh, we'll see. But I, I, I think there's work to be done there. Look, they're trying to recruit the best kids they can find, like Jordan Ross out of Vestavia Hills and Birmingham's coming in June 16th through 18th. It's hard to get an edge guy out of Alabama that Alabama really wants, but he seems open to leaving the state. Auburn's a threat now, I think, with uh, Hugh Freeze. is a little different there, recruiting game for Auburn. You know, Georgia, he's going to visit Georgia officially. So, I mean, is the kid going to go to Texas over Georgia if he leaves Bama? You know, when Kirby Smart has all those years recruiting in that state, we'll see. Um, and you just got to look. One of the one of the interesting things, though, to keep in mind is Texas has shifted gears on Joseph Jonah Ajayi, the uh, defensive lineman at Oak Ridge. Bo Davis, that was his school. He was recruiting him. He this kid wants to be recruited as an outside player. So PK and Choate were there, I believe, yesterday at Oak Ridge High, and they're going to shift gears in that recruitment. His favorite players, Joseph Osai. Ajayi was texting Texas coaches saying, I wish I would have gone to the spring game. I didn't know Joseph Osai was going to be there. I mean, so we'll see what happens. That's just where recruiting continues, right? I mean, you have to shift gears. Texas has shifted gears with Corey and Gibson. That was Blake Gideon recruiting him. Gibson wants a shot at corner first. So now that's become Terry, Joseph, and Sark instead of Sark and Gideon. So these recruitments shift. Texas has shifted gears here on the, uh, the defensive lineman at Oak Ridge. Um, and we'll see. I think they'll come up with a couple of guys. But can I say they're leading for anybody right now? I can't. All right. I, that's good stuff, Jerry. And, and I want to say thank you to Longhorn. Uh, thanks for this. This is another. Now we're up to two. We're up to four apiece, guys. This is good. All right. Now I'm going to end up with a full. Oh, now we're up to a full six pack, I think. Uh, Longhorn, thank you for the super thanks. Also, Brandon Rawl, Ralston asked this question. Appreciate y'all guys. Y'all guys. Brandon, we appreciate you too. Which team do we think Bijan will most likely go to in the draft? And how do we feel about TCU this upcoming season? Sleeper. Let's uh, segue this Bijan talk all the way into NFL draft talk with all the Longhorns that are set to be gone this weekend, right? But let's start with TCU and what we think of them this upcoming season. Uh, Garrett Riley, I think, as much as Max Duggan being gone to the NFL draft, uh, Garrett Riley leaving and going to Clemson as offensive coordinator, bringing in Kendall Bryles as offensive coordinator, changes fundamentally what TCU is going to do on offense, guys. Yeah, it does. And, and I, th I think what's interesting about TCU, and, I, and I'm looking at something right now with their roster. and it's um, So what's interesting to me is, is, is the starting quarterback actually going to be Chandler Morris? Um or is it going to be the uh, redshirt freshman whose name's escaping me because I'm getting old from uh, Rockwall Heath, um, Josh Hoover, okay? And why I'm bringing this up is Josh Hoover in high school played in that Art Browse system. Josh Hoover's high school coach was Art Browse college roommate at Houston and one of his very best friends. So Kendall Browse gets to TCU. And Josh Hoover immediately feels very comfortable. Yes, that offense has changed, but Josh Hoover sees this offense. He's played in it, played in it for four years of high school football, was a starter. Um, he's a bigger guy, bigger arm to get the ball down the field in this offense, uh, which I do think is key. 
They add, you know what's interesting is the, did the wide receiver pieces they add really fit the scheme? That is my question. You know, JoJo Earl, John Paul Richardson can make plays down the field, but the Quentin Johnson, I mean, I, it's easy to say Quentin Johnson fit in either scheme. Yeah, but look at uh, where Baylor's was most successful. Look at Browse at Arkansas with those big receivers. Is TCU going to have the fits at wide receiver they're looking for? That's the question. They seem to have dodged some bullets on defense in the portal, by the way. There were some rumors some three of their top guys were going to jump in the portal. That has not happened. That would have been three NFL draft picks, by the way. So that's good news for TCU fans. But I think Josh Hoover at quarterback is very interesting because he knows the system so well and he fits it. I'll tell you what, sleeper for me in the Big 12, though, this year is going to be Texas Tech. And I don't know how much of a sleeper they'll be. Uh, but I think they've got a good team brewing uh, in West Texas. How good? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, let's let's see what they put out, out there on the field. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Uh, Longhorns had five guys that are expected to be drafted in some order. B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, the two running backs, DeMarvian Overshone, the linebacker, uh, as well as Moro Jomo and Keandre Coburn, the two defensive linemen. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I don't know that we can say where is he most likely to go. I would say 15 to 25, but I've seen higher and I've seen, you know, you just, you never know. Uh, I know the Cowboys uh, have, have expressed mild interest, but it sounds like they're most likely going with a tight end at this point. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where Bijan is going to go, but let me ask you this guys. Um, if after Bijan, I think Bijan goes off the board first for Texas. Yeah. How would you rank the next four? Blake, think about that now. Between Roshan, Overshone, Ajomo, and Coburn. So I'll, I'll, I'll go real quick. I talked to Nathan O'Neill today, and he has he has Coburn in his pre-draft workouts, right, Bobby? And I said, what are you hearing? Because I know people are calling him, right? He's saying a 3-4 team could take Coburn late second, or he could fall to early fifth to a 3-4 team, more than likely fourth round, third or fourth round. If Coburn were to go third round, I think he is the second guy off the board. Um, I saw some stuff with Roshan Johnson a second round. I, uh, Bobby and I, I think we're in agreement. We don't really see that. I mean, there's a, he's not going ahead of Devin Ashane. It's not happening. I mean, that's just not happening. So I think Roshan's probably late third, fourth. Um, I think Ojimo talking to Nathan O'Neill, he thinks is fifth, maybe fourth. Got more versatility than Coburn. But if that 3-4 team that needs a nose – it comes up, they could draft Coburn ahead of Ojimo. And then Overshone's a complete wild card to me. I don't really know. I don't think he's an instinctive linebacker, so I don't know where he falls on draft day versus what people are projecting him. I, I, I'm going to say this, and Blake, you come in after this, okay? I would go Bijan 1, Roshan 2, Ojomo 3, Coburn 4, Overshone 5. Given my penchant for the NFL draft, it's probably not going to go anything like that. Um, but, Blake, Blake, where are you at? Yeah, well... <sighs> Earlier in the week, I thought I thought I kind of had it down, and then I've been listening to all these, you know, NFL draft analysts, and they've gotten in my head. Paralysis by analysis, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, I even saw some guys today talking about Overshone being taken as early as the third round, you know, and um, John and Roshan Johnson being late second, early third. That a lot of teams are in on him now. So I, I, I really, I don't know. Obviously, Bijan's first. Everybody, I mean, that's. Just, you know, everybody knows that. I would, 
Man, I don't know. I think Roshan could go earlier than people expect um, just because he ha- doesn't have the wear and tear on him, but he has the production. Um, I would say Coburn after that, then Overshone, and then Ojomo. Wow. I, I think Roshan's so interesting too, Bobby, because, okay, we know what he is as a player on the field, but you know when NFL teams talk to him, he's more impressive than about anybody in the draft, right? He comes off as a professional. He's a special teams player. He's a leader. You know when those NFL teams call Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian's like, this is one of the best leaders I've ever been around in my life, right? I mean, we had a second team running back that was the leader of the University of Texas football program. That gives him added value on draft day. Yeah, and and here's the issue too. It's not I'm going to say this, but and I'm going to rile up a bunch of Tim Tebow fans. It's not the <laughs> fake. It's not the let's go get them guys kind of rah rah stuff right. that Tebow was really good at. I'm not taking away, but that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily play in the pros. Right. It, it's put up or shut up, and you think that that Roshan with the way he plays, uh, it will matter. And I, I like something Blake said that I I really hadn't thought much about or put much uh, gravity towards, and that's uh, that is. Roshan doesn't have much tread on the tires. He right? doesn't hasn't worn a lot of tread, yeah. you know, and that that could matter too because you're talking about a team that wants at least four, maybe five years out of their guys uh, coming out of the draft, and and that kind of stuff matters. He's uh, had I'm no gonna, surgeries. I mean, I yeah. think I'm going to put this up to the to the group. I want to find out who people think is going to be the second player, second Longhorn drafted in this year's uh, uh, draft. I want to do that as a question for the community afterwards, uh, after this one's over. Um, all right. I uh, want to say thank you also to Ryan Nelson. Would love to face Buckner in week two. He's talking well, about are. Alabama quarterback, <laughs> potential Alabama quarterback, Tyler Buckner, transferring from Notre Dame to Alabama. Nick Saban may have found him a quarterback. Everybody's saying he's trying to get Drake May, Tyler Van Dyke, Tyler Buckner, come on down. Uh, hey, by the way, by the way, so for all the Texas fans mad at Rodney Terry for missing on a couple of guards, it took Nick Saban to the third quarterback he wanted. Okay? <laughs> He's to go. He was 0 for 2. It happens. <laughs> All right. We need to say thank you real quick. Uh, thanks, Ryan, by the way. Uh, we need to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Energy Texas. Uh, if you are able, able in the state of Texas to choose your power company, uh, take a look at energytexas.com. It's Texas Electricity Done Right. They're a company based in Texas uh, and owned by Texans. Uh, Give them a call, 855-461-1129, or visit energytexas.com if you have an opportunity to choose your power company and want to shop rates uh, with the best of them. All right, we're still taking your questions. Please keep keep them coming, and uh, we'll keep going here. we got a few more, Blake. It's uh, it's interesting here. Let's go this one, guys. Y'all heard anything else about Malik Murphy? I have not. Um, Jerry and I have had this ongoing conversation, Blake and, and everyone, that, that we want to talk about a little bit as it relates to this. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. It would be interesting for us to see Malik Murphy transfer to a team that doesn't have a starting quarterback because Malik Murphy hasn't taken a snap in a game yet. Um, So if you're, for example, Nick Saban and you need a quarterback prospect, you're going to take a guy that's taking snaps in a real live game. So where is the value proposition for Malik Murphy? It's really a year away at least. Yes. And so do you wait for him this year or do you wait for him next year? And, you know, what's the idea there for, for colleges that might try to pry him away? Now he might be, might go to Fresno state, but that may not be the best place for him either or something like that. I'm not saying this is, conjecture or anything like this. Uh, I just feel like people are recruiting off of other people's rosters these days. Um, and I'm not mentioning any schools doing that to Texas at this point. It's just a, a fact that there, there are going to be teams that want starters that have already started, that have experience. They're, the, the portal is not for, it's not for a long bake. They want the right away guys that can help them tomorrow. Now Malik may be able to do that. He may be that good, but as of right now, he hasn't taken a snap. Jerry and Blake. And he hasn't been healthy, like you said today when Mm -hmm. we were talking about it. He hasn't been healthy since his senior year in high school. He missed a little bit of spring. And these guys, not the guys making six, seven, eight million, they're not betting it on somebody who hasn't taken a snap out of the portal, doesn't know their system, would have to come in in August, learn a system. Then you're handing him the football in front of 100,000 people. It doesn't work that way. Look at – Hudson, Malik Murphy's a more physically arm-wise talented guy than Hudson Card. Look how Hudson Card fell in the portal. People, when he went in, people are thinking, oh, he's going to Notre Dame. He's going here. He's going to Florida. He's going there. It didn't work out that way. He ended up at Purdue, which is a good school, but he wasn't as high on the pecking order as people thought. And he had experience. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I, I think the question is, portal is more quick fix. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. slow bake. And I'm not saying that Malik is slow bake. I just telling you, he hasn't taken the, the snaps yet. So that actually, in my opinion, works in favor of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we had one question that keeps popping up. The Caden Shedrick, the transfer to Texas, the big man, he's 6'11, 6'10 and a three quarters, 6'11 is his height for people wondering. I know there's been a few comments on it. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Dan Hughes is asking, how many slots do we have open uh, for the portal? Right now, I don't think they have any. Uh, But I I still believe some people are uh, uh, one, two, three, however many might leave, uh, uh, might enter the portal uh, by the end of the week, early next week. The portal closes officially on May 1st. However, the schools have a 48-hour window to put the paperwork into the portal. So really we may see some legacy fallout through May 2nd from some schools. And what happened last year is Texas had a couple guys that toyed with the idea of it and were able to work with Texas and, and ended up not doing that at the very last minute and withdrawing their paperwork. 
so that's that's how that works, and, and we'll have to wait and see uh, how it goes. But right now, I don't think Texas has any slots open, or if they do, it's just one at this point. All right, uh, let's keep going. Uh, Longhorn, name that top. Name the top five OL and the top eight travel team. Who is the top eight for the 2023 season? Okay, I think you take the, the starting from five from last year are, are grandfathered in. Yeah, to the okay, top eight. That, yes. you, you agree with that, right? So that yes. means Cole Hudson, uh, Jake Majors, uh, Hayden Connor, Christian Jones, Kelvin Banks. Grandfathered in. That means three more. The obvious three, in my opinion at this time, are, um, are uh, Cam, Cam Williams, Williams Neto Umazulu, and DJ Campbell. The problem there is who's the backup center if it's not Hayden Connor. So Connor Robertson's traveling. He's going to be your ninth guy, hundred percent. You, you see what I'm you see what I'm saying? That's the so I think they might they might have to travel travel nine, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised by that number. They they can cut it. Yeah. And uh, the just so everybody knows the the Big Twelve has a rule. You there's a travel limit on how many guys can travel in season. It does not take place on non-conference games, but in conference games, I think the number is either 56 or 65. And so the, the team has to cut uh, a few players. I'll have to look into that to get a little bit more uh, information for folks on that. All right, Matt, our producer, why don't you pick a couple questions for us, bud? They're coming in pretty fast right now and I can't, I can't figure them all out. I've tried to star as many. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jerry, uh, it, yeah. Joseph M. asked, give the people what they want, Bobby. Jerry or Justin in the game of 21? And look, I'm I'm a fan of the old man game. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry knows how to back them down. <laughs> now, look, if Justin was here, he'd say he doesn't want any of that. We had a shoot around at Duncanville one day. And he was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, we're not, we're not playing horse. Okay. So now Justin doesn't want any of that. I, I don't. I, I can still. I can still make the shots now at a high rate. <laughs> All right. Uh, please get uh, some more questions up. Uh, let's start with this one, Jerry. Uh, seeing Caleb Burton, the former receiver for I think Lake Travis. Prior to that, his dad was coach at Dell Valley uh, in the portal today from Ohio State. Texas is going to possibly look at him, not unless there's attrition. Uh, you agree with that, uh, Jerry? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, he big time Texas coming out. I, I don't. Uh, I think that's they're going to big time him. <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it. Hey, Texas wasn't good enough for him when coming out of high school, and Sark's going to say, I am pretty good right now. Good luck to you. How about this one? Connor, Connor, Hayden Connor looked bet, like a better center compared to majors. Uh, this is from Nick V. I don't know if it's because of how they are built, but it just seems like it's harder for players to get around Connor. Well, he's definitely larger than Jake Majors by about, what, three or four inches and uh, 30 or 40 pounds? Yeah. Uh, my, my question, and, and I don't know the answer to this because I, I watched the spring game. Center almost, you need to be a little bit of a, it's, there's an intangible to the position. And, and I don't mean that in a way like it's impossible to learn the position or anything like that. Uh, but they've got to make the line calls. They've got to be fairly quick-witted. Uh, they've got to be, uh, you know, getting the guys in order, so to speak. A guy with three years' experience doing that, 
compared to a guy that has never snapped the ball before in high school or college, I, I would lean to the guy that's done it before. Even if, unless you just think it, it's a, a must-do type of thing to get other people on the field. Jerry or, or Blake, y'all think anything on, the, on that? You got anything, Blake? No, I, I agree with you there. I'm, I got nothing to add <laughs> that you didn't already say. All right, let's get let's keep going here. Um, I, I feel like I want to I want to double back on something real quick, guys, and and talk about this, uh, Jerry. Uh, you know when we when we looked at this offseason in basketball, uh, you were mentioning Dylan Mitchell possibly coming back. We we think that Tyrese Hunter is better than a 50-50 shot of coming back at this point. Uh, yeah, slightly. Yeah, I think when these guys get in the process, they do get enthralled in the process. They're all in, and they want to see if they could end up being in the second round and going to play in a two-way contract in the G League. Um, I, I think it's slightly better than 50-50 Hunter comes back to Texas right now, being as honest as that can be. Uh, by the way, I had a couple other questions on that. Somebody asked about the Weaver kid. That's the kid from UT Arlington. Somebody come in and asked, uh, Texas is going to visit him tomorrow. Um, Texan tonight, A&M's in tomorrow. His sister played at A&M's. It was a first-round pick in the WNBA. That's not a deciding factor. Um, I think the pace of play could help Texas here. Um, and I love the kid. I liken him to Jabari Rice with a little more with more athleticism. He'd be a three-year guy for Texas, too, at least a two-year guy. He was the whack rookie of the year. Somebody, I, I'm going to hit on this real quick, asked about Liam McNeely, the five-star from Richardson, who's at Montverde Academy, the, uh, the small forward who was on his official visit last two days. I've heard it went great. I think Texas is the favorite. Texas, Liam, I think, was very close to committing to Texas in December before that situation happened. I, I think he was committing the next week, maybe. I think Texas is maintained. They're the leader over Indiana. The Dukes, those people are looking at Liam. The question will be how long does the process go? I, 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 most of these kids are going to decide in the summer. They're going to get a little bit through their AAU season. Uh, but I, I think Texas has a couple other guards are looking at in the portal as well. Um, uh, the big man from UTEP who was recruited by Rodney Terry. So uh, I, if that answers the question. Got it. All right, let's move forward. Albert Garcia, how do you view Ewers going through his progression? It seems like he is only going to his first option. Seemed a lot like that last year. I don't know that I felt that necessarily the same in the spring game, uh, although I would have liked to seen him do, go through them a little quicker. Yeah, I, I think uh, – I think you're right. I think stepping up into the pocket, getting the ball out quicker, um, moving through those progressions a little quicker, I think that's the next step for Quinn. I think he's going to be a better player. I think he's going to be a more comfortable player. I think last year, you know, look, there was, I think Sark came out and said he he was actually hurt with a finger, right, the last part of the year when he came back from the shot he took, the, the late hit for Dallas Turner. I mean, um, so I think him being healthy – and feeling confident about being healthy, I think it's going to help him step into the pocket. I think last year he kind of got in that rut after you take a big hit and you're injured of not stepping into the pocket. Bobby, that's a question I think is you kind of brought up when we were talking on that. I think it's interesting. In the spring game, did they not really want him to at times? I don't know the answer to that. Blake, what did you think of yours in the spring game? And was, yeah, did you feel like he was going through more progressions where – yeah, de definitely. I mean, last year was baptism by fire. You know, people got to remember that he didn't play for a good while. Uh, so this year, I mean, obviously you should see that growth. And I think we saw a little bit of it in the spring game. And I think you'll continue to see it as the season unfolds. 
All right. Uh, I want to keep going here with some more questions. I want to say thank you, uh, by the way, to our friends at uh, uh, Energy Texas and, and what they've done for us uh, through the year, uh, sponsoring each and every Tuesday night show. They're one of the reasons we're able to do this each and every Tuesday night. I have Jerry on, Blake, uh, and a crew uh, from Inside Texas as well. Uh, if you're looking for or shopping for an energy provider in the state of Texas, give Energy Ch Texas a chance to earn your business www.energytexas.com. It's Texas Electricity, done right, 855-461-1129. All right, guys, let's go to the next one. And let's go with this question. Recognizing these guys won't be starters for us this year or even stick at their recruited position with Wisner, weigh, on, weigh in on situations where we may see Trey Wisner, Austin Jordan, and Jalen Gilbo. I, I think you're going to see Gilbo, if his knee is okay, be the second-string guy behind Jade uh, Barron, or Austin Jordan will be the second-string guy behind Jade Barron. That's where you're going to see those two. Yeah, I'm not sure Weiser moves from running back. I mean, I, 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 I would have to see that to believe he's not going to play running back. Maybe, um, but I, I, I see him in that, even if it's the uh, Keelan Robinson role, um, I, I see him stand on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Austin Jordan and Gilbo, I think that's going to be fascinating. Look, I think the whoever's second team at the start of the season becomes the starter the next year, and the, the guy that's not probably hits the portal after the season. That's where we're at in college football. It's not going to be – you're not going to be worried about the starter in hitting the portal of the nickelbacks. It's going to be the, whoever wins the second team job and really the loser of that second team job because three aren't going to play much in the game. I'll tell you what, for, based on what I saw of Trey White, I could see him playing slot. Jerry. Yeah. You know, if they find a way, if, if Moore moves outside next year um, to accompany Cook, I could see I could see Wisner being a, a slot potentially. Uh, he has that kind of quickness, and I think he can make some people miss on, on quick stuff. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? fair. fair point. All right. Clifton Hines. Blake, you want to take this one? Yeah, so a Clifton asset football question. I feel like not much has been said about Derek Williams coming in this summer. Safety position is a little questionable. Could uh, could he push those guys and maybe play a major role? That's a great question, Bobby. I'll let you go. Depends on Catalan's health. If Catalan is healthy, then then I don't know. If he's not, then it's all hands on deck, and that means BJ Allen. That means Derek Williams. That means potentially Jelani McDonald, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like that we've got to look at it from a, 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 the situation of Jaron Thompson is the only sure thing back there right now. After that, you would hope that Jalen Catalan remains healthy. However, he hasn't been healthy for the last two years. So given that, you know, where do we end up? I, I don't know the answer. I mean, I, I have a couple. I'm always talented, Jerry. I just yeah. Look, I got a couple of thoughts on it. So, and I know the situation's different, but Jacoby Matthews was a hellacious player coming out two years ago out of Louisiana at safety, uh, number one two ranked safety in the country. Had played more safety at a higher level of Louisiana football than Derek Williams. And yes, AM had Damani Richardson and Antonio Johnson, who was more of a star back. But with that being said, it was tough for a freshman safety. And he was an early enrollee to break into the action last year. 
And I think Derek Williams not being here in the spring is going to keep him from truly breaking into the action next year. With this caveat, if he does, you have a first-round pick. If he's able to break in at safety without being here for the spring, he's a future first-round pick. I look that his talent level is is sky high. That's just that's yeah. just the bottom line, and that's where that's what I one of the things. I want to take this one because some people, I think a couple of people asked about Arch Manning and what I thought of him. Uh, and, and we thought him Dominic Boyd. I'm by the only one that thought look Arch looked best, the best in the spring game. I don't think he looked the best. Uh, I thought Malik Murphy carried that honor uh, personally. Uh, but I, I will say this, Arch had no chance except for maybe two throws. I mean, he was running for his life. He didn't have the second team offensive line. He had the third team offensive line. Um, and often going again. So it, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was a good, good opportunity to really evaluate him at the same time. I saw him twice. I saw him a third time there. Uh, I, I, when y'all I've had people say, well, he doesn't have that strong arm. He may have a stronger arm than both Malik and yours. I just want you guys to know that having watched them throw intermediate passes, uh, back to back to back in practice, I'm not so sure it doesn't get there faster from Arch than the other two. Yeah, it right. may not be the velocity, but the ball's out so quick oh. it may get there faster. Dude. But, I mean, but here's the question. Here's the thing whenever people like question Arch's arm strength. Look at the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. I mean, they weren't the strongest arm guys. Even now, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, good arm strength. They aren't Brett Favre. They aren't Dan Marino. I mean, these guys are – not middle of the pack. They're a little above middle of the pack, but they weren't elite arm guys. They weren't elite arm. Joe guys. Montana was not an elite arm. Joe Montana, Steve I, Young. I mean, I you know I don't know. I mean, I, I got to tell you this. This is my dad would be jumping up and down if I didn't say Johnny Unitas didn't have a great arm either. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how far it goes back. Right? Hey, can I say something on the, that question though, Bobby? Yeah, I think if Arch had got first team reps, he'd have been right there. And I think that's why I didn't get first team reps because that creates a media firestorm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Sark wants to deal with that. No, not for three months in the off season. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he wants to do that. Whenever it uh, uh, that it's, as AKA Mister Talk Too Much says, Sark inadvertently or Jerry would disagree with the word inadvertently. Use the spring game as a way to quell the noise a bit. I think it. Yeah, I think on purpose. Let's get Blake's thought on that. I like, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, nobody wants a, you know, a media frenzy quarterback, just all out battle, you know, through journalism and then the newspapers and on ESPN and everywhere else. <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, I think that he, you know, may have been held back a little bit on purpose. I'm with Jerry. And, and let's, and let, we're going to be, we're completely real on the show, right? The uh, I don't know thing, about that. I, you know, <laughs> okay. Well, though I am. So the worst thing that could happen for Quinn Ewers is Arch Manning getting first team reps and looking better than him in a spring game. <laughs> it's not just how Arch looks at how it affects the other people. Quinn Ewers yeah. needs to take the leadership role of this team. He needs to be the starting quarterback of this team when they go to Alabama. Or if Malik. Arch and them split are splitting reps and him and Malik are they're all getting first team reps, that thing it could blows up on you pretty quick. Potentially. Fair. Fair. All right, David Williams, one of our favorites. I've been wondering how many All-Americans UT will have this year. I personally think Jatavian Sanders, 
Jalen Ford and Ken, Kelvin Banks will be all Americans for UT this season. I would, I would not necessarily disagree with you on Ford or Banks. Sanders is going to have to jump or leapfrog that guy from Georgia that looks superhuman to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, I, I watch a lot of Kansas City Chiefs football because my, my uh, father-in-law is a big Chiefs fan. And so when I watch Sunday football, a lot of it's either the Chiefs or the Cowboys, sometimes the Texans. And I got to tell you, the Travis Kelsey and that guy from Georgia look a lot the same to me. They sit in the zone the right way. They get extra yards after the catch. They have a sense of, you know, football as a game, not just trying to get to a yard marker. I, I, that's the only one I would debate with you uh, there. Not that he could be second team or third team. Or, or anything like that. But uh, Jalen Ford, I think, is the biggest, uh, or the most likely of that group uh, because Kelvin Banks does have, is only a sophomore. And those group, those uh, awards tend to go to guys that are a little bit older uh, and, and more uh, well known uh, by folks. Hey, hey, by the way, a tweet just sent out from U Texas equipment handle. Mac Brown was in the Texas facilities today. Oh, very cool. Pretty cool. Hmm. Is he, is he looking for a backup quarterback? I mean, well, he, he was telling Sark not to eat the poison cheese after the spring game. Don't eat the poison cheese. <laughs> I love it. Um, another question. What about this guy as an All-American? There's going to be somebody pop into the – if Texas goes and wins 10 or 11 games, there's going to be somebody pop up. Jalen Ford wasn't considered that guy headed into last year, right? I mean, some Barron's a very productive player. Um, if your corners are good, your linebackers are good, your interior your defensive line is good, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays, whether against the run on the ball. Um, I could see it. I mean, if Catalan's healthy, I could see him on this team. I mean, it's just somebody's going to pop out there. Maybe it's A.D. Mitchell. Maybe Xavier Worthy plays like a first-round pick this year because when he doesn't have all that pressure, somebody else is going to pop this year and become one of those guys. Barron's not a bad bet. We have time for a couple more questions here uh, for you guys. So please get them in and uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, Jerry, this one for you. What is Bob Donawal leaving going to be official? Is Terry all, Rodney Terry already looking at options to replace him? Replace him? What would those replacements ideally be? Donawal was the offensive coach for the Texas basketball team this year. Uh, Frank Haith, of course, coming in from yeah. Memphis, uh, getting the associate head coach role uh, there may have uh, – uh, been a, a little not what Bob Donawal wanted in this relationship. Yeah, I think that I think that was at play. I think Frank Hates also a talented offensive guy in his own right. Um, so I think that was just you know just maybe not ideal for uh, Coach Donawal. I think he's tremendous. What Texas will do with that will be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not rumoring here. Okay, just so people understand. But Texas wants is making a run at Todd Wright. Todd Wright. I don't I'm I don't think they'll get him, but they're making a run at it. We'll see. He's an assistant head coach and director of strength and conditioning with the Clippers. He, he, you, he would almost have to be a dual type of title to be able to pay him what the Clippers are paying him to make that work. If not, Todd, I think somebody from his trio be a strength and conditioning coach. Where Texas would go for that their assistant coach, it won't be Ogden. Um I've heard a couple of names, but we'll we'll keep those on the back burner for now. Blake, this is for you, bud. <laughs> mm. Kevin Springer All right. with a 20 spot. 
here's more money for more beer. Next live stream broadcast from a hot tub. I think, I, Jerry, you think Blake should have to do that? Let's have a show of hands if it's Blake. <laughs> if he does it, he has to wear a Miami Hurricanes jersey like what's-his-name did at Dallas Carter. Derek Evans. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't Evans. He was a linebacker. Hall of Famer with the Giants. Oh, Armstead. Jesse Armstead. <laughs> Let's see if Jesse Armstead would do on Texas football in a hot tub. <laughs> Kevin Springer, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Uh, it is uh, nothing like uh, getting uh, rewarded for uh, trying to work hard here with you guys. All right, let's go to this one, uh, Jerry and, and Blake. Probably the last one we're going to do tonight. We really appreciate you, you guys sticking with us. Is Texas a top 20 defense this year from working man? Blake, you go first. Mm, I don't know about top 20. I can see right outside that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little bit below that, not by far though. Jerry, I mean, I'm gonna say no because I, there's an unknown. I think the players are really talented. I think there's a lot of experience back. I love what they've added in the portal. I think there's an unknown if, with Gary not there. I, I think Gary helped the defense. I think he brought the quarters coverage into the secondary. I think that's a great set of eyes and a great voice. So I'm interested to see if there's a what that transition is going to be like, and that's not a knock on any of the guys that are on the staff. I just think he was an invaluable piece to the to the program, especially on the defensive side of the ball last year. I don't know what you think, Bobby. You know, my my thought is this. I mean, it depends what metric you're going by. Top twenty. I mean, Texas in total defense last year in NCAA finished fifty fourth. That's a long way from twenty. <laughs> yeah, and and I'll be honest with you pretty bright offensive coaches in the big 12. Yes. Uh, compared to some other leagues in particular. Um, I, I'm looking at you, the big 10. Um, and so I, I feel like, you know, that, that only for that reason, I, we had this question and asked it of everybody a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's fair to bring it back. You know, is Texas going to have a worse defense this year, about the same, slightly better or much better. Vast majority of folks voted yeah. slightly better. I think it's going to be slightly better. Um, I do, I do think – I will say this, okay, not so much a top 20 defense. I think they're going to smother a couple of teams that you might not think they smother. Does that, does that make sense to you guys where they're, they're going to be – they'll have times where they, they have problems, but there'll be a couple teams where the Texas defense literally just smothers them, I think, this year. Yeah. They, they have too much talent. Not to a couple of teams won't won't really play into their strengths against Texas. I, that's kind of where. By I the feel. way, how many returning starting quarterbacks are there in the Big Twelve? Because I think that also answers your question. I think there's a, there, I mean there's a lot of guys with experience coming back at quarterback in the in the in the conference. Right then you're adding a Plumley at UCF, and not, not saying that's on the Texas schedule, but your teams you're adding, there's a lot of experience at quarterback back next year in, in the Big 12. I mean, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Baylor, Baylor back's back. I mean, Iowa State. Iowa State. I mean, you're looking at TCU's breaking in a new guy. But there's a lot of returning quarterbacks next year in a conference, and that can knock down your numbers a little bit if you played in a conference that didn't have as many returning quarterbacks. Well, Houston looks like they're going to start the guy from Texas Tech that started against Texas last year, Donovan yeah. Smith. That's who I'd start. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it, it is what it is. All right, uh, guys, thank you all again so much. 
I want to say again, thank you to Energy Texas, our friends there. Uh, if you're looking for an energy provider, visit energytexas.com. It's Texas Electricity, uh, done right, 855-461-1129. We also want to thank Kevin Springer, Justin Yarbrough, Longhorn, Brandon Ralston, Mr. Nelson there for the super chats and uh, super thanks as well. We appreciate you guys. And uh, until Friday, when we have our next live stream at one o'clock with Ian Boyd, Jerry and I are going to sign off here. Also tomorrow, we will have the state of the union or state of the program, excuse me, with Eric Nolene. I'm not Joe Biden running for president or Donald Trump. Uh, I'm just trying to write the state of the program, I guess. For tomorrow. Hey, Bobby, you want some breaking news real quick? Yes. The Astros are about to beat the Rays. Rays' first home loss in four, 15 games this season. First 14-0 at home. Unbelievable. 20-3 and on the season. Well, uh, Astros need that because half the team's on the DL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jerry and, and Blake, we appreciate you guys. I know the fans do as well. Thank you all so much for joining us. This has been on Texas Football Longhorn Livestream. Hook them.